0: Welcome to this first episode of the Positive Impact Business podcast. I'm your host, Lucy, and I am a ethical business strategist. I am convinced that we can change our world for the better and that businesses have a vital pl- part to play. I've made it my mission to help these businesses be more visible and becoming the new normal of doing business, creating a more ethical, sustainable, kinder and fairer society so that our future has a chance. The Positive Impact Business podcast exists to give these striving positive impact businesses a platform as well as to share their entrepreneur journey with their fellow impact entrepreneurs and empower them to grow with knowledge for their experience. And today, I am pleased to be talking with Claudia, who is the founder of Frigging Well. Hi, Claudia, how are you? Hi, I'm obviously frigging well. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Claudia, for those who don't know her, she's a neuroscience and psychology graduate who is a digital data analyst by day, but most importantly to us today, she's the founder of Freeing Well. She started her business in August 2020 to share her idea of mindfulness with others. Freaking Well is a modern view of self-care and wellness that transforms everyday activity into meaningful rituals the main idea behind her business is to make sure her products don't add to the users to-do list and that products should be responsive to modern's needs addressing the things like climate change diversity and inclusion claudia welcome and thank you for being with us today Uh, thank you so much for having me here it's a pleasure Today, we will learn about what inspired you to start frigging well, the power of having a strict no discount policy to inspire sustainable shopping to consumers, and I want to know more about this. I'm intrigued. The lack of diversity in the green lifestyle industry and how you are challenging this, and certainly much more. So let's jump right into it. And yeah, just um, start learning about a bit more about you and how did all this started for you? (laughs) Amazing. Yeah, Thank you for amazing introduction.
1: I think you covered all the bases. It was exactly like you said. Um, I I moved to London um, three years ago and I started working in corporate environment and I suddenly realized not only how stressful this lifestyle is, but also how Weird, the options to relax are, if you know what I mean, like people were going for extra yoga classes at the end of work. They were going to aromatherapy sessions to learn about meditation techniques. And for me, that sounded very stressful to go after my eight hours of work, to go and rush for some extra classes to relax and be home like, you know, at 10 p.m. before I do my commute. Uh, Or learning something from scratch, like meditation, like yoga. Those are really difficult topics to handle. So for me, this idea was the opposite of relaxation, and I was like, there has to be something I can do as a very energetic individual that can relax me, but it won't take hours, like you know, to master or to do. So that was that was that was the idea.
0: I've certainly be been Uh, guilty of that myself as a Londoner Um, definitely been thinking about you know things I could do to you know relax and take care of myself and the idea of taking yoga classes just as you said the idea of it has always been like yes I really love the idea but like oh I got the commute there then I have to do it then I'm going to be sweaty then I'm going to have to take a shower then I'm going to have to go home and you know you've already finished work at six o'clock you're getting home you haven't had dinner it's 10 p.m right so Mm -hmm. no i totally get what you mean so so that's
1: how the whole idea started and i just started um making my time Uh, the more meaningful time, because as you said, like when you work and commute in London, sometimes the work can expand to 10 hours a day because of the commute. Uh, And obviously not now. Uh, We are all been privileged to work from home, but uh, it was like that. So I started thinking about changing just my daily activities that I was already doing but for something that has more meaning to it. And I didn't know that it was called mindfulness, like being present in the moment. Actually, this whole ideology that I learned about it, it came later. But I used um, my, my psychology degree and I went back to my books to kind of create habits for myself that worked. So when you started this process, what did
0: you start it with?
1: Uh, I started with uh, traveling mindfully so well it wasn't called like that as I said but I started um, sitting just in a train with no distractions like with not taking out my phone, not reading a book, just sitting and literally doing nothing. Because I was like, I'm doing so much during the day and I'm doing so much after I come back from work. The work is new, you know, everything. I was learning so many things and being in a new place that I was like, I I think I just need some time to be bored. Uh, and I started with the traveling, uh, but then it quickly become, um, because people were talking to me on a commute, when you're sitting with no headphones, people started chatting to you and stuff like that. So it very quickly transformed to doing mindfulness showers.
0: Wow, cool. So how, how did you start it with the mindfulness showers? Like what, a, what did you, you know, what made you transition? What, why did you choose that moment particularly? I think showers are a very
1: particular place in people's houses. Uh, I don't know if you ever caught yourself up when you're overthinking something or you reminding yourself about the most embarrassing moments of your life. It's either your shower or your car in the empty car park lot, lot you know, <laughs> and very often people cry in the shower because it's a place when they are the most vulnerable. They are alone for those five minutes a day. You know, they are, I'm calling it, they are separated from the outside world with this bathroom doors. Mm. And I really wanted this place to have a positive connotation rather than negative one. So I thought, oh my God, this place should be a place of my empowerment. I, I am just with myself, I'm very vulnerable, you know, I'm naked, I'm outside, I'm inside, not outside. And I have this me time that rather than being sad about something, I should really empower this moment and like kind of take myself on a date. You know what I
0: mean? Just spend some
1: very nice time and enjoy
0: myself there. I really love it. I'll be honest with you. I think the shower is the moment where I always remember an argument and I find exactly the right sentence I should have said back, you know, and I'm like, oh, damn, I should have said this, you know? So I have like, I, I really have arguments in my showers and I'm like, oh, I have such a good argument to back this off, but that was like days ago.
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. But look how it's setting you up for the entire day. If you take the shower in the morning and the first thing you think about is the argument you had few days ago, it's getting this negative thought process in you from the beginning. And then it's going with you throughout the entire day because how you start your day is going to follow through later. So I think it's like so important to really transform those showers into place of being empowered and
0: nice to yourself. I love it. I really never thought about this this way. And I really love this idea. Like, I'm so (laughs) glad we're talking today. I'm learning so much already. Um, So with that, how did you develop? What what did you develop from that?
1: So from that, I just started doing it for myself. Uh, And I was enjoying it. I was going to work as always but i'm this kind of person who is bored really easily and i think i was never born to like be in nine to five job Uh, so i was like i need a hobby i need to do something else and i started thinking why don't i if i feel like this like those yoga classes aromatherapy classes if i feel like they are not a solution for me there are probably more people like me who cannot find their own solutions either. So why not to spread the idea with others and start
0: planning how to spread the word about that. Nice. And so um, did you, uh, how, how did you, did you really start planning? Like, did you just like, did you recorded what you were doing or did you, I, how, how how did you make all that happen how how from having your own personal mindful showers did you transform that into frigging well mm, um what was the question well, I, started... <laughs> I totally got your question i think it was
1: as el- every business journey, it's so complicated to just stripe it back to a few steps because it was all happening at once. You know, me learning about green lifestyle, aromatherapy, zero waste living, reminding myself how is that connect to the to the brain networks and, you know, uh, how it all works together. And the idea was creating very rapidly and almost organically. The more I was learning, the more it made sense. Mm. Uh so so yes and i've the first thing i do it was research i knew if i want to have a business i need to have a really good backup for it uh and a data i'm an daily... analyst by by <laughs> job so i guess that was quite helpful as well yes and also it was quite enjoyable part for me to do because that's what i'm doing on a daily basis so uh yes i did like extensive audience analysis I started doing analysis online what is already available in terms of like boxes that coming with a ready kind of solution uh, for relaxation and stuff like that, but yeah no one had mindful showers yet so. I was like, that might be the plan. And the next step, obviously, was finding people who will make that happen because I knew I couldn't make that happen myself. Uh, So there were a few people, obviously, on the way who helped me, including some specialists from mindfulness who wrote the entire technique that at the end is in the box. Um, That was obviously taken from my idea, but were written in a professional manner and how it should look like. And the biggest help I got was the design because I'm the person who is not really good and consistent with style. Uh, So I knew I needed help to make it look good. (laughs) Oh, that's cool. And when did you launch again? I launched in August, 2020. So in mid pandemic (laughs) Mm -hmm. times for now. between lockdowns? Yes, exactly. Uh, But yeah, I started planning it almost
0: a year before. Right. Wow. So it took about a year to launch, basically. Yes. Yeah. So I'd like to know a bit more about what it's been like so far, you know, to start such a business and develop it. Like um, we're also here to inspire other businesses to sh- uh, and share our experience. So hopefully this can also help them grow. So um, I'd like you to tell me a bit more about some of the challenges that you faced as you were in that pre-launch process, you know, of developing that new product, that new brand, that new company, you know? Um, what what were you not expecting, you know, and how did you overcome those challenges? I definitely
1: didn't expect how my idea was going to change almost week by week. Uh, as it was developing and growing, I was changing my mind, what should be in the box, like what kind of products, what kind of techniques, how it's going to look like in so many things. It was just constantly changing. But the good thing about this was I was going to a lot of networking events and I was constantly telling about my idea. And the same people happened to be, you know, three weeks apart on the same networking event. And I was telling them again about my idea. And they were like, three weeks ago, you were saying something similar, but almost completely different different and I was like yes because I'm growing and every week I know more about what I want to do and by talking to people and saying my thoughts out loud it was allowing me to make this idea better almost you know so I think the most important advice for people who haven't launched the business yet talk out loud to different people about your idea Because every time you say it out loud, you will hear yourself and you will be like, oh, maybe I can do this. Maybe I can do this
0: and just really progress with what it really should be about. Yeah, I really agree with that. I would just add a little uh, warning with this because I know uh, myself included, you know, I've been there when growing a business. Um, When you ask, it's great to talk about your ideas with a lot of people and get a lot of feedbacks. But don't necessarily take everyone feedback and everyone advice as uh, gold information or as what you should be doing. Like take in what feels right for you and leave out what doesn't, because most of the time um, it's really about your gut feeling. If this feels right, then it must be right. If this feels wrong, then it must it probably isn't for you um and also you don't know what the background of people is you don't know if they have a clue about what they're talking about if they actually have the expertise they say they have um you know mm-hmm. i've i've been to a lot of networking events in london and sometimes been speaking with great great orator like people who really can speak and articulate ideas like so much even better than like always been very impressed like oh my god i wish i could you know express myself in such a way just to figure out a few weeks later that they're absolute scam they don't know anything what they're talking about they're just really great at speaking so that would be the slight warning I would be talk I would say about that but I think it's still a great advice because if you stay in your bubble in your own head you just keep um you know running around in circle and this is how you create self-doubt as well Yes, and I
1: can't agree with you more. And that's, I think, it's extending, especially with people in your family. I wouldn't talk to anyone in my family about my business because, first of all, they have no idea what it's like to to have a business and they have no idea about mindfulness. So... They can support me, obviously, but their opinion just doesn't matter in this situation because they are not an expert in, in the field. But when you have someone who knows what they're doing, who did it before, uh, I would rather write it down at least to have a think about it, if they might be right or challenge it, Google it later. Mm, but if you speak to people who, who did
0: it before, they might know a bit more than you, probably. <laughs> For sure. And I think I will one day dedicate a whole episode just to how to deal with family, loved ones, you know, and relatives and friends when you're starting a business, because it is a really tough topic. Like, you want your people to root for you and you want to try to help wherever you can find it even more as an entrepreneur who's starting a business on their own like completely by yourself um, but it can be also very stressful to have the feedback of your family um, and also as you said it can pollute um what you're doing because they actually don't have a clue what you're what you're talking about or what they're doing like they haven't necessarily launched a business themselves so yeah you know. I think I will definitely have an episode on that topic. And I can invite you. You should.
1: (laughs) You should. I would definitely listen listen to it uh, because it's hard to be a supporter when you have a different agenda as well as a family. You know, you want someone who you love to be in a safe position, in a position that they have money flowing in their account, that they have something they love and they don't need to get out of their comfort zone, obviously. So, you know, it's not a surprise. Your mom would be like, Oh, can you just become a lawyer and don't, you know, not try to, to do anything else? Yes. And with the friends, remember, if they are not your targeted audience, don't be a creep and don't tell them to buy your stuff all the time. They are just might not be interested.
0: <laughs> and another thing, you know, you're, you're saying about them when your friends are not your target audience, I think it's really something to remember whenever you speak to anyone about your business is that are they your target audience or not? Are they are them your target customer or not? Because if you're asking feedback from someone who's like the opposite of the kind of people you're trying to target, why are you even asking them advice for? Or what are you asking them feedback from? Because whatever they're gonna tell you is what relates to their you know their reality, and it's not the reality of your target audience. And just the same as as a business owner sometimes we have strong ideas and i think you have to follow as well your passion and your ideas but it's important to always remember that um sometimes we're not our target audience most of the time i think as positive impact business owners we definitely are our uh, target audience because uh, we're doing what we're doing because we want to do good in the world and obviously um people we want to inspire we want to you know, we want to have customers that share our values. So yeah, but I would always keep in mind, like make sure that when you ask feedback from people, who are they, you know, are they your target audience or not?
1: Yes, that's a, that's a great advice. And I think that is one of the most difficult thing when you start the business to first decide on your targeted audience. Mm. and then stick to it because then Mm. when you launch the product you just want to reach everyone and you feel like of course everyone will love it of course everyone would want it um and then you started doing doing the biggest mistakes i think just you know if you're talking to everyone you're talking to no one
0: Um, and what i was gonna say um that's that is probably one of the number one um problems that my clients face uh, when it comes to their target audience and how to define it and make sure that you stick to a niche target audience, that you really define them well and not trying to talk to the larger number. And I know it sounds counterproductive because you think like, well, surely you need to speak to as many people as you can, so you can sell as many products that you can. But the problem is, just as you said, like if you're trying to talk to everybody, you talk, you end up not talking to anyone because what you're saying is just going to be too generic, too general, too broad, and so it doesn't really attract anyone. Um, yeah. yeah, and it will not sound sincere, you know, when you're talking no, like this. Definitely, yeah. So yeah, that's definitely an issue that anyone who starts a business. Um, Uh, face difficulty with. And I think um, when it comes to defining your target audience, the thing is, sometimes you're going to have, you know, depending on the kind of business you start, sometimes you're going to have a product and you need to find the right audience for that product. And sometimes there are values that you have, expertise and set of skills that you have, and you want to turn that into a business and you need to find, you know, the right audience you need to find an audience that share your values, because you, you're more interested in connecting with the right people. And then you're going to end up create and shape an offering or a product or a service that is both using your skills, your set, your set of skills, and answering that specific target audience problem. So there's always kind of like different point of view, like either you have a product that solves a problem, and you need to find who has that problem, or you have people you wanna work with, and then you need to figure out what's their problem and how you're gonna solve it. So yeah, target audience, big topic. It's probably the number one topic, I think when you start a business, definitely. Yeah, because
1: I think historically speaking, a lot of people were focusing on demographics, which I don't think, I don't know if you agree with me, but I don't think in 2021 it's relevant at all of how old are those people, what gender are those people or where they live. Is the most irrelevant thing
0: in the new era. So you really anecdotical.
1: Yes. Uh, So what I would really focus on is definitely their emotional triggers, what they really care about in their everyday lifestyle. What songs do they cry to? What kind of chocolate do they eat? Uh, What kind of movies they watch on Saturday evening? You know, those kind of things are going to make a massive difference for you when really realizing what kind of people they are and what connects them all together
0: definitely i think you've completely hit the nail on the head here and that's definitely how i would um always uh encourage um businesses to 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 drive their research on their consumers and their customers is really to understand what is their life looks like you know to have a great understanding in details like inside out what it's like to be in the in their shoes for like a day what's in their head what are the challenges that they're facing what emotions are they going through do they have problem at work do they have problem at home what do they, do they enjoy doing what do they don't enjoy doing and why you know do they have aspiration dreams are they things that really as you said, trigger them, annoys them, frustrates them, and all of that is really going to give you some kind of like psychographic um, portrait of um, these the, these people that are your target audience. And the more you speak with people like directly, I always encourage like direct conversation with your target audience. It is freaking or frigging, should I say? <laughs> That's for the first pun of the day. Um, it is it is really really hard, and it takes a lot of time. And it can discourage a lot of people because it is time consuming. But for having seen it myself, you know, helping other businesses for like over seven years now, I know that this is the best investment you can do in your business is to spend the time to do that because yeah. that definitely leads to all the answers that you are looking for to you know create the right product you know reshape refine your product um how you're going to talk to them how you're going to communicate your business etc cetera, etc cetera. so yeah spot on for that and i'm pleased to hear mm-hmm. that you've gone through that process because not everybody does
1: and it's kind of a continuous work isn't it because your audience yes. will be changing especially right now i did my analysis and then the pandemic hit and, you know, even though if it would be for a while, I think my research would stay true, but a year in, and I, people are starting to change, you know? Um, so yeah, it's a continuous work. And I think the advantage, the first advantage of small businesses uh, of the day is that Waitrose or like big brands like that, they don't have an opportunity to grab a phone and phone someone who uses their product or shop in their, in their places. Wow. But we can. You -hmm. just grab first follower you have on Instagram and tell them, "Can I call you for fifteen minutes and ask you questions?" It It doesn't cost you anything uh, apart from your time. And I mean, no databases, no softwares will ever replace that. uh, The advantages that small businesses
0: have with talking right to their customers. Definitely, definitely. Wow, that is. I'm. I'm so pleased to hear that. And. I could talk about target audience and research like for ages. I'm such a nerd for that, really. But I want to take a little step back. And um, you mentioned to me when we were preparing for the podcast, you mentioned to me that um, you were working on uh, inclusion. Um, in ta- you, you talked to me about how um, your niche, you know, as a green lifestyle brand, has difficulties with inclusion or facing facing problematics regarding inclusion and in everything that's about tackling climate change so i'd love for you to tell me a little bit more about that it's
1: a it's a really difficult topic and i think for green industry especially that is so new it should be so obvious to to be tackling from the beginning because you know the old industries that we have for years we know there is lack of diversity and there's lack of inclusion. And it's really hard to tackle problems that have been existing for years, you know, for decades. But with such a new thing as green industry, I'm just really stunned and horrified like how it's pushing only white middle-aged people to be in a zero waste community. Mm. And this gap is constantly growing rather than getting smaller. So this is something I definitely would encourage all zero-waste sustainable business to look into to make sure their ads are targeting everyone, not only the easiest audience. Because I know, okay, they will bring the biggest conversion very quickly, but at the end of the day, in the long-term run, we are going to be excluding other people than white women more and more and more. Which in the end is going to just smaller this targeted group that it is, and something like climate change, or buying products that are paying wages to their uh, to their employees should be important to everyone at the end of the day. So, is zero waste for the privileged community definitely in some senses? Uh, but it shouldn't be, and I think it's a business owner's responsibility to tackle this problem and to continuously doing something about it.
0: Hmm. I see you're really passionate about it and I really love it and I think um you're totally right and um it is it is a difficult topic and even more coming from I mean we're both <laughs> white middle-aged women, right? <laughs> well, middle-aged yes. I don't know but you know like <laughs> we are both white women and definitely in that kind of niche of that um of that growing industry that's coming up Um, so um, I feel sometimes you know maybe I'm not the right person to talk about that that much but what do you what do you do with freaking well to to tackle that so from the beginning
1: I was dedicated to showcase everyone using the products like within my social media to make sure that the face of freaking well is not white middle-aged woman but the friggin' well face is face of everyone who takes showers or, you know, who is with this audience to make sure Meran included. So all the boxing, all the design was gender neutral. I really, want, I really didn't want mindfulness shower set, although it might seem obvious that they will be like for her gifts, you know, category. Mm. I really didn't want it to fall into this category. So with my designer, we worked really hard to make sure it's gender neutral. It's suitable present for uh, for people, all, all genders, male, female, trans, queer people, you know, everyone that is included. Um, now when I'm looking for influencers to represent friggin' well, uh, I joined groups on Facebook like Asian UK community, black community in London, and I'm trying neurodiverse uh, people. Mm. Uh, Because that's the real people I want to represent, wellness and self-care. Because very often, it's not only in green community, we're excluding people of color, but we actually excluding people of color with talking about mental health and, you know, yeah, and general wellness. So I think it's crucial to make sure your business represents real people and everyone that is around us.
0: I think it's really honorable what you're doing. And, um, and you're so right, like, um, you were, uh, you know, uh, citing, you know, different group d- discriminated or minorities group. And, um, yes, I mean, you're so right in the sense that, you know, uh, we don't necessarily think about um, them. Um, it's not that we don't think about them. But, you know, a lot of brands when they when they start, we don't necessarily include in our mindset, you know, there are going to be you know different type of people who are using my product and how do I, I address that you know and not just focus on people that look like me or that i'm comfortable with talking about you know um but also to to give I, I just as you were saying like to give access to that to these people as well because most of the time there's no specific um that there are not necessarily specific brands that are um, going for that as well. And they are left behind, you know, with, um, mental health. I have a, um, a friend who works in, uh, black mental health and she's really fighting for, for, uh, the black community to get, um, you know, to raise more awareness inside that community for uh, mental health, because simply within just like a system like the NHS, it's not necessarily something that's being addressed, you know, and I mean, from um, the years of trauma, the history trauma that uh, these um, communities endure all the time, you know, there is a need for that. So I'm really, I think it's really honorable what you're doing and definitely inspiring for other brands to Take on uh, an act to include everyone, definitely.
1: I don't know. I think it should be normal. And that's all I, I have know, to say. I know. Obviously, I'm not going to say what kind of problems those communities are, are facing because, uh, as we said, we are both white. Yeah, we have we're no all idea what they're going through. But, you know, just be a better white person. That's all I have to say.
0: <laughs> I love it. Be a better white person. You're totally right. So, what kind of like, because I can already hear some people, you know, saying, you know, um, okay, I love that, but I have no idea where to start. So where where would you, what kind of advice would you give them to where to start when it comes to inclusion in, um, you know, creating a new product or uh, a new business? Um, I'm still struggling with the
1: same thing because a lot of people... Um, especially with the closed communities, they are not really uh, willing to collaborate or to be part of that. Um, but I think it's just a matter of trying. Mm-hmm. Ask your colored friends, what would they want it to look like? Is it is it inclusive enough? Does it look inclusive? Like, you know, ask questions that I think we wouldn't even think about as a, as a white people that sometimes might be off-putting for minorities, people of color, queer people, um, Mm. you know, any kind of minorities. So, yeah, go directly to those people and try to ask their opinions about it and tell them, like, honestly, I really want to try to be a better white person. I just, I'm not sure if I know how, but I want to learn
0: uh, and tell me, tell me the direction and I will try to take it. Yeah, no, definitely, and I think you know, coming back to what we were saying earlier, with um, narrowing down your target audience, I think including these um, minorities in your research, you know, including yeah. some people like have at least you know three to five people of each category that you're trying to include as well in your research, because if you're only researching from white people or cis or cisgender uh, yeah. people. Um, obviously you're only gonna re- have a data you know all the data you collect is only going to relate to that kind of people so i guess wh- when you when it comes to um being more inclusive as well in growing in developing a new business definitely add um more diversity in the people mm-hmm. you're asking for to get feedback from to
1: now yeah actually in the, in the process of research you would realize how much in inc- exclusive there there is already because when you look at the data and the stats what kind of people were surveyed most of them were white most of them were cis and and this is already the problem because the data is skewed for one kind of people mm. uh so yeah if you have a chance to do the survey to call to just talk to someone yeah do it qualitative research is
0: not worse than quantitative research mm. And then the other the other advice that you kind of mentioned uh, touch on earlier is to include um, these people as well within your visuals and within your brand, and I think that's so important as well to have representation as well, um, when you look at a brand like myself um, i'm someone i'm. uh, I don't think it's a bad word to say fat. I'm fat, you know, that's just how it is. It's just a fact. Mm. It's not like a bad thing. It's just a fact. But like when I look at um, online shopping and I look for my size and it's like a size zero model who's wearing the garments, I'm like, I have no idea how that's going to look on me. And right now, you know, in the middle of a pandemic, you know, we can't go and try um, products. And of course, a lot of unsustainable brand would encourage you to buy and try it at home and then send it back, you know, which is hundred percent not sustainable to do. But a lot of people do. Um, but yeah, no, I think we need more representation, you know. And obviously, people of color, like they're depending on the different type of skin tone you have as well. A garment is going to look different on you um, than on a white person. So um, I think definitely as well, including um, diversity in your um in your visuals is important just to have more representation that we are a diverse world and we are so many different type of people and all together we form that humanity and everyone should be represented really.
1: Yeah, I I agree. I just want to put it out there. I don't want any hate comments. I'm trying my best, but obviously it's not perfect. It's still, you know, the brand is me. I'm the one person who is doing it. So obviously it's seen through my eyes as well. Mostly through my eyes, only through my eyes. Um, But yes, recently I actually um, um, asked for the illustrations to be done for friggin' well Instagram. Mm. And the lady sent me lovely illustrations. But when I looked at them, they all looked kind of like me, like, you know, yeah. white, skinny person in front of the mirror with a perfect and like, you know, tidy room. And I was like, mm, that's not really what I want freaking well to represent. That's yeah. n- no one looks
0: like this, like, you know, with... And your room perfect- is never that tidy, unless it's the day you yeah. take an Instagram picture.
1: <laughs> no. So when you're probably listening to this podcast episode, the illustrations are out. Uh, but I, I ask for every single um, illustrative person to be at least size 12 and to uh, have at least few things on the floor as we normally do in, in our things. Uh, yeah. but, but this not being the most important topic in the illustration. Mm. So, you know, like, because we're drawing sa- someone who is messy, but we're not talking about the mess in the room. That's not the topic of the conversation yeah. here. To yeah. just really switch this perspective because we showing someone it doesn't mean we are going to talk about uh their their lifestyle their their color their their size no they are just people we are still going to talk about mindfulness or about zero waste lifestyle or about something else hmm. Th- this is not relevant who is on the picture
0: yeah and i think you know when um you were um you were mentioning, you know, potential hate comments under this program, (laughs) hopefully not, please don't hate us. Um, But I think, you know, we're just, um, we're trying, you know, and you're going to make mistakes. And it's, it's part of the process, you have to make mistakes to better yourself. So, I mean, by all means, you know, anybody who listened to this and feels like, oh my god what are they talking about that is not like you know i mean please by all means educate us and and um tell us i mean i i I know i've uh i'm probably going to be completely smashed by saying this you know obviously we don't have people we don't need to expect people to educate us we do have to work on educating ourselves as well it's very important but i think it's about as, as well having a conversation you know with Um, other people as well so if you do have an opinion on that and you want to share it with us by all all means please do comment and let us know and i would love to open that conversation because i i want to better myself and i'm sure you want to better yourself as well and anybody who's listening hopefully is the right target audience and um (laughs) and you know and, and by hearing us you know bouncing back ideas um you might be interested in challenging uh, what you think you know and um, what you think is right and maybe try and have a look at a, at all of this from another perspective from another angle and um, try to do you know try to do more really but yeah yeah oh. you know I'm, I'm willing to apologize if I said something stupid let us know in the comments uh. yeah no definitely <laughs> I mean we 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 are 100% not here to offend absolutely anyone and um, I think it's hopefully clear that we're trying our best to be Mm. on the topic of inclusion and not the other Um, but yeah let's close that little um, topic for today and um, I just wanted to throw this just right now you know are there any challenges that you're facing as you know because obviously you said you've you're um, your business has drastically changed. Like your audience has changed as well because of your. Obviously, I mean, I don't think any business in this world hasn't been through massive changes and um, refurbishments, if I may say. You know, considering the pandemic, you know. So obviously, you said you know you had uh, something that was quite neat and narrow just before the pandemic, and then you know all that happened and it changed kind of everything. So I just wanted to ask you if currently you're facing any challenges what are they and if there's anything um, I could potentially do to help with that.
1: Sure so the standard I think challenges every new business is facing is to still like put the name out there whatever you think like oh launch is behind me and I got this awareness campaign out Mm. And you think you're done, but you still only worked by 300 people uh, and you still need to work on putting your name out there to be recognized more, to be known. And I think that's a constant challenge, especially for me, because I really want to be like always three steps ahead, you know, of myself. <laughs> And to think that I still need to work on the same thing over and over again, it's just really difficult. I'm sure a lot of listeners will have that feeling as well. Like, oh, people still don't don't know what, what I'm doing. And I realized it with my followers as well. Like, people watch me every day for two months, and they still ask a question like, Oh, are mindfulness shower set. And I'm like, I thought repeat. I thought I repeated it at
0: least fifteen times in the last month, <laughs> but apparently not. Ah, I love it. So yeah, sorry. Was uh, did I miss a question or? No it's kind of like yeah if you can give advice maybe
1: on for people like you know how often you have to like talk about uh, awareness and telling about your business and putting it out there um it's like constant job isn't it it is nothing you can do to speed it
0: gosh it really is isn't it i think when it comes to engaging with or with your audience um it's it's really about being authentic and I know it sounds like cliche and probably any marketer told you that before you have to be authentic you know it's just (laughs) what it is but I think you know okay so from a technical point of view you know when it comes to social media and I hope um (laughs) I'm not saying um anything wrong here I don't think I do but um for me on the on with when it comes to social media and your social media presence the most important thing when it comes to the technical part of it of growing an audience is to make sure that you post regularly it doesn't matter i mean it does but to some extent it doesn't matter if you are not putting content out every day or you know every second of the day like as long as you're consistent like for instance if you say you're going to post one post a week every week and you keep that, you know, growing, that's good. Because the algorithm, what, what, what the algorithm is going to pick up is that you are regular and you keep coming back at a, at a kind of a regular pace. Whereas if you're um, posting a lot, you know, within one week and then you're completely off for like three weeks, then your stats are going to go down and when you're trying to pick up again your content is not going to be shown to a lot of people at once so that's the thing that you need to understand about the technical part of social media is that when you post something if you're whether you have 200 uh, 500 a thousand a million followers it never shows that post to everyone at once it shows it to a little part of your audience and it sees like do people react to this do they like do they engage with it do they comment um is the owner is replying back to people how much time do they spend on on this on reading the content right on looking at that content and if there if if there is engagement then it's going to show it to more people and more people and more people um so where was i going with that (laughs) (laughs) yeah so i think i think really with, with, with that the idea is not about like putting every, cause I, I've, I've had people telling me, oh, I need to post that many times, that much every day. And, you know, mm-hmm. having strong, super strong schedule and like batch cooking uh, uh, content for it. And I think it's great if you have the time and you can do it, but at the same time, I think um, constraining yourself too, uh, too much you know, restraining yourself too much into a a, a structure that is very rigid and doesn't allow for flexibility and spontaneity is probably not going to be optimal. And I think even more with uh, positive impact businesses, we we are businesses who want to try and do good and we want to inspire others. And I think... You know, we want to be ethical, we want to be transparent, we want to be honest with our audience, and I think there's nothing better than uh, vulnerability. Um, mm-hmm. To show that because so even like I was speaking with a. A, um, a lady earlier this week um, who's got a, a fashion brand she's up cycling products and we were talking about that that's very topic. And she was telling me, you know, oh, I, I'm I'm too worried about putting content because it's not refined, it's not perfect, you know, and I well, why don't you try this for like a month you're going to record. Just like if you were going to post online, but you just won't post it just record like document your process what you're doing with your phone pictures videos. Uh, maybe you talk in the background, you don't have to look at the camera if you're not comfortable with it, but do the, this exercise just to see what without the worry of posting, it, what can you produce, right? Yeah. And 9 times out of 10, when you do that exercise, you realize that actually what you produce is just, is good enough, you know, it's, yeah. it's really good enough. And I think, um, you know, whenever we post on social media, even in the spontaneity of the moment, it's always edited because you decided to share that moment, right? So in itself, it's like edited, right? Yes. Um so I think allowing yourself to be free to to just follow what feels right for you is really the key because that's how you're gonna create uh more meaningful connections with your audience. And that's what's gonna drive engagement as well. And I think even more in a in a time like um the pandemic that we are in you know I think we've been so stuck in front of our screens for so long Mm -hmm. and you know in the first pandemic I think I was literally on Instagram every single day and like browsing mindlessly like trying to take my head off of whatever was going on yeah and the thing is I think more and more as human beings we're starting to kind of like see you know this is just like paint this is just you know um this is not the truth. This is not like, I think we're craving for seeing real people, you know, Mm. and sharing your mistake and sharing your vulnerability. And I think, you know, when it comes to what we were talking about just before with inclusion, as long as you're honest and transparent in what you're doing, you know, this is what I'm trying to do. And I'll probably make mistakes. And if I do, I will correct them. And this is what I'm aspiring to, you know, you're just being honest about your process and you're just carrying on and trying to do your best. I think there's nothing more authentic and relatable than this, really. Uh, I agree, the best engagement I always have is when I'm super
1: vulnerable or I'm making a mistake uh, and people can see that on my stories, I never redo them. I just record them as they are. Yeah. Uh, and last time I was sending the parcel to, to the box to someone and I was, oh, I'm sending it to, and then I realized the name of the town was like, what? And as a not native speaker, you know, you're getting this kind of anxiety, but then I was like, I don't know what is it like, Worcester? Oh, you should see the reaction because it was obviously Wester. Sorry to all the people there. The reactions were absolutely massive. I never received so many DMs after this one, like how much I made people laugh with this Mm -hmm. pronunciation of the town. Obviously, I learned my lesson. I know how to pronounce (laughs) the town now. But, uh, you know, it was so cute to see that first, actually, people are listening what I'm talking about because they heard it uh like um and the second thing how positively they react they were like you are so funny and i mean i didn't i wasn't trying to be funny but it just <laughs> it's just it was a good laugh for everyone because mm. my husband from the background was shouting like it's western <laughs> 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 and i started oh, laughing mean. as well i like, couldn't I started uncontrollably laughing as well at this story, and and then everyone was laughing with me. And, and that's the entire goal, you know. That, that's how my life looked like here, you know. Sometimes, yes, I speak, I think, fairly well for, for not a native speaker. But then, yes, some words
0: still surprise me. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Why I'm, would you put I'm, so many letters in a I town
0: western? What for? <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. The English language is sometimes very challenging (laughs) why why so many definitely that's definitely the point I was making I think um, I think people are really craving to see that um, everyone behind the brands or the people that they're following are actually normal people you know (laughs) just like you we're just normal people just like you we have children we have uh, to take the beans out we shower (laughs) Um, yeah it's just like (laughs) We all go through the same struggles. And I think sharing that vulnerability is is what, you know, develops stronger bonds
1: as well with your audience. Yes. And everything we're talking about is still taking us to the targeted audience. Because, you know, with Friggin' Well, we I had a lot of people telling me that they don't like the name of the brand. Wow. They think it's offensive. Uh, some people replied to me that they are not going to resell my products just plainly because of the name of the brand wow Mm. and you know at the beginning it was something a lot of people like maybe you should change that maybe you should rethink that maybe you and i was like no i'm sure about it i want it to be different than other meditation mindfulness products i want it to be funny i want it to be modern and if Mm -hmm. someone don't get it that's fine like it's just not for them Exactly. But all my social media are like this as well. I'm this kind of person who who likes being modern and funny and out there. A lot of my videos include swear words in it. And, you know, I think that's fine. My product is not for kids. And if you can't handle this kind of, or you find it offensive, definitely friggin' well products are not for you Mm -hmm. Uh, because that's modern mindfulness I'm not going to ever tell you to sit three hours in one place and meditate because that's not something I would ever do like you know it's something for people who are just now I don't want to say more fun but
0: (laughs) (laughs) I get it I think I yeah I think I totally get it and um, I think you're so right you know Um, that's really something Again, coming back to the target audience, you know, and this is to show like this is people listening right now. This really shows you how much your target audience is important and yeah. in in different aspects. So, for instance, with that in mind, you know, with what we just said, when someone disagree with what you're saying or is not happy with that, you know, it's okay and it's just probably not for them and they're probably not your customers you know and it's like it's like when when I have um potential clients you know who um disagree with the way I'm offering my services I'm like that's fine you know you're I don't want to work the way you want to work and you don't want to work the way I want to work. Well, then we're not meant to be with for each other, you know, and you'll find another coach. You'll find another mentor that can help you with that specific way of working, but it isn't going to be me. And I'm not going to change the way I work to please someone because that's just not who I am. Right. So you have to stay exactly. true to yourself.
1: Exactly. And that's the same, like with the pricing and everything else. Mm. Uh, I, I always say like, You know, of course, some people drive Skoda. And that's fine. It's a normal car. It can take you everywhere. But then there are some people who drive Ferrari, right? But no, I don't think anyone in this world is writing letters to Ferrari to make their car cheaper so they can buy it. Like, no, it's just (laughs) not the car for you. I love that example. And, (laughs) And I'm always saying when people write to me, like, it's, I can get your things in pound loud. Why is it so expensive? I'm like, I never was trying to be Skoda. I want to be a Ferrari in mindfulness shower sets, and I'm sorry if it doesn't fit you.
0: And I think, you know, when that's another thing, you know, whenever someone um, tells me that I, what I do is too expensive, I always try to gently um, tell them that it's not that I'm too expensive, it's that right now they cannot afford me you know, and that's okay that's okay if you cannot afford me and you'll probably find an option that suits what you can afford but it's nothing to do with being cheaper or more expensive, I think. um, I mean. I know a lot of businesses who are not in that mindset of being honest, who are not in that mindset of being ethical, and who are definitely for profit before they are for purpose. This is not who we are, you and I, and yep. the people that are listening to this podcast, right? Um, but as you know, someone that is a business like that, who is for profit, for purpose, Um yep we put we put the price to the value that we believe is right you know and we're trying to be honest and transparent about it so i think yeah if you cannot afford it you cannot afford it. it's not necessarily too expensive it's just not affordable for your budget right now
1: and yeah exactly yeah but i just don't understand where it came from that it's okay it's okay to say small businesses that they should make their products cheaper, but no one is writing to Ferrari letters to make their cars cheaper. It's the same situation, you know, don't tell people how they should price their things. I think <laughs> they know what they're doing. At least I calculated my price before it went live at least 17 times. Yeah. Uh, Cause you know, you're just very, um, it's very stressful thing to price your product, especially mm. price your services.
0: I don't even want to think about pricing that. Tell me about it. I've tried uh, I've worked on my pricing in so many different ways before I could narrate them. Like, yeah, really I I can make a whole podcast about this yeah. as well, honestly. But yeah. It's a
1: difficult topic, but it's so important that yeah. you know why you made those price, what does it include and mm especially for purpose-led businesses, make sure you are a business first, not a charity. You know, your products need to be valued and they need to cost to cover all the costs so you're not
0: working and paying extra for it.
1: Uh, So be careful with your pricing.
0: And I would add to that as well that a lot of for-purpose businesses need their profit in order to achieve their impact mission. So if you're not selling or if you're not making the profit that you need to be able to then reinvest in whichever social and environmental activities that you have in your business and that you know drives your mission and the impact you want to have in the world, how how is how are you gonna make an impact, right? So it yes, does, you know, yeah.
1: yeah, you know how they saying in the plane, put your face mask first. before you apply it to the child and it's exactly the same rule applies how do you want to give 10 percent of your profit to the charity if you haven't made any money yet on your business yeah you know first things first I know it sounds fancy and everyone wants to well not everyone but we want to share our profits with other people but when I'm earning 20 pounds a month what those two pounds will make like no difference at all so it's better to put those Two pounds each month to to grow your business, and
0: then give two hundred thousand. Then. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That gives me some ideas to have a, a special edition of this podcast, specifically to talk about money and domestify talking mm-hmm. about money within the positive impact business community, because yeah. it is a top, it is a very sensible topic. And I've come across so many founders of businesses who've been in their business for like three, four five years, and they still feel guilty about giving themselves a salary and to the point that they're, you know, they're 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 not making a profit and they're not achieving the goals that they want to achieve. And mm-hmm. this needs to be challenged because I really want to see them thrive. Uh, because we need we need more positive impact business. We need more purposeful businesses to be visible, to exist, to be successful, to show the uh, world that it is possible to be ethical, to be sustainable, to be for purpose and profitable and that you know the old way of doing business is outdated and that's really that's really my goal with you know trying to empower other positive impact businesses that's really what i want but yeah no and and that's beautiful yes i i totally agree
1: uh you know making profit is normal that's what we all do we exchange our hours our expertise for money and And there's nothing to be ashamed of. And I'm always, uh, I'm very transparent with my prices, as you know. And I'm very transparent with my no discount policy, uh, which uh, (laughs) I know is challenging for some people still. Uh, But I said from the beginning how much money I spent to open friggin' And, you know, if someone wants to challenge that, like, yes, I want to make those money back. That's the entire idea of it. I didn't make it as a hobby project to just spend money because I didn't have where to put them uh, there were so many other ways i could spend them
0: <laughs> but there's also a, a much a much deeper uh concept behind your no discount policy because you said to me that it had to do as well with ensuring that people who buys your product you know they do it within with conscious as well with with their yeah. conscience and not just because they can buy it because it's cheap so kind of like in the idea of having a responsible sustainable way of shopping right yes
1: well i don't agree with discounts uh but that's my personal very strong feeling about them i feel like too when there's a discount does it mean the full price was never a good price was it always like you could take 20 percent off with No impact on you and your business, so why was this 20% on this product in the first place? Especially Mm -hmm. when some big brands are doing 70% discount, this is blowing my mind for me. This is pure lying to the customers how much product is actually valued at, Uh, Mm -hmm. and I don't do that with mindfulness shower set. They cost 34 pounds 50 for a reason. And if I want to compromise this price, I either have to reduce the wages of the people who are producing the product, uh, reduce the quality of the product. Uh, but there is no many manipula- not much manipulation there. Wow. So if I take the, the price of this, any pounds of it, I think everyone should question, like, who didn't get the money at the end? When the product is discounted because someone lost money and if they didn't lose the money it means the profit margin was just way too big at the, to, to for the start
0: i I'm impressed of that um that thought process that you've been through within within that topic and I really I mean I had that I had thought about this before you know but the, the how you put the words together to to talk about that I think is really, it really explains it very well. And I think you're so right, you know, when you see hard discount, like 75% off, and you know that these companies, even with 75% off, they're making a profit. Um, that tells you about the cheap and unregulated labor um, that they use to get these products made. And it's really, really sad. So, yeah, I think I think you're totally right with that. So, before we... Um, Wrap up, sorry, you, you were gonna say something else. No, no, yeah.
1: I, I think we, we're talking for quite a long time. If yeah, we still need, to wrap, them, up, we need to wrap up, we need to wrap
0: up. But before I wrap up, I just wanted to know, Um, you wanted to mention a couple of things regarding some events that you're gonna host soon. Yes. Yeah, so that that is very
1: related to the pricing of the business. So yes, mindfulness shower sets are not the cheapest product, but um, the, they are exclusive product. And that's the truth. You can take a shower without mindfulness shower sets and you can be mindful without them. And I never said otherwise. Um, the product should never be solution to your problem. The product is the tool to help you find a solution to the problem. But I would never like tell people that that's the only way to do it right. It's Mm. not, there are so many different ways. I would be honored if you would like my mindfulness shower set and you would like to give it a try, but it's it's not a must. So to fulfill the purpose of frigging well, uh, I do have other products that are more affordable and are more mission-based. And those are my webinars and that they are two already um, digital products. Two digital products are already on my website, probably when you're listening, hopefully more. And they are always for free for the first week. And then they cost £2.50. And those products throughout the time being, they will be discounted and they will be offered for free because they are purpose-led products that I really want everyone to have. I really want everyone to be able to create their habits, to set up their goals properly and do things like that. Uh, And those products are always available on friggin' well in affordable prices.
0: Awesome, and we will make sure to link um, all the useful links to your website, to your social channels as well in the description to ensure that people can find you and find all this. Amazing,
1: I'm always loving having new freaks on my social media, so that'll I love be it. Nice. I,
0: I really love the name, honestly. I'm completely, I'm rooting for it. Well, <laughs> um, thank you so much for uh, talking with me today. It was an absolute delight and to know more about your business. And it was really inspiring and motivating as well to hear about your journey as a positive impact entrepreneur. It always warmed my heart like to discover other people that share you know, the same values and mission um, to try and better our world. So thanks for being part of that community, really. I really mean it. Thank you so much
1: for having me here. And this is very important message you just said. You need your tribe to make a sustainable decisions, to make good decisions as the business. You need different people nearby you who are going through the same thing, not to feel lonely
0: and to always have someone to ask for an opinion. Definitely. Uh, speaking of which, um, if you are listening to us right now still, we haven't lost you in the, in the, in the process, uh, you're not too tired of us yet. If you are a positive impact entrepreneur, uh, you are running a sustainable or ethical business or mission driven business for profit, for, pr- for purpose, um, and you are looking for help to grow your business. Well, search no more. I got you. (laughs) I've partnered. I know it really sounds scripted, isn't it? That's because it is. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, I've partnered with a team of experts from um, social media to accounting to business strategy myself to sustainability uh, experts to help you grow your business. Um, So if you go on Facebook and you look for the positive impact business community, this is us. It's a free community for which memberships are granted upon application so that only the most motivated entrepreneur gets access to it. It is a non-compete, no-promo safe space where you get to discuss business strategy with fellow positive impact entrepreneurs and with the help of our team of experts to answer all of your questions. So as we record this episode, we are launching this new group in a few days and Claudia is one of our founding members Uh, but as you are listening to this episode we have been running uh, up and running for a few weeks now Um, and Claudia I was just going to ask you one last question what are you looking forward to in this new community there's there are always parts of the business that you
1: don't find fun or rather boring. And apparently in this community, there are people who are quite excited about accounting and taxes and stuff like
0: that. So it's always handy to have people like this around you. Definitely. <laughs> and that can make it maybe more digestible and easy and more accessible to understand, I guess. Yeah, so definitely we'll, we'll got you back on that. Yeah,
1: especially with the ethical business when you need certification and stuff like that, it's getting really complicated.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and, and we got people to talk about this definitely and help you with that process. So yeah, join us if you're uh, in the search for the right tribe to help you grow your business. So thank you again, Claudia, uh, for being with me today. Thanks for listening to this episode, whoever you are, wherever you are in the world. And I look forward to hearing all about your positive impact initiative.